Yeah, so uh, my story in education starts nine years ago. Uh, like I said, I was undocumented uh, until the age of 25, um, and I was just surviving life the way I needed to do that. Uh, and I came across this job, position in education, where it said um, you, uh, you you can work doing attendance at a school. And for me, coming from this background where my parents were custodians and janitors, doing that work is like a level up. I was like, yes, I'm in an office. I'm going to make this happen. Let's go. So I connected with the community. It's my community in East Oakland. That's where I'm from. That's where I reside at the moment. And um, I just love doing the work. But when I was in, in that environment and in, in the school, I started seeing discrepancies all around, around race, around dynamics, around uh, students of color and teachers who are white. And I was like, there's this bridge that needs to happen ASAP, Rocky, and make this happen quick because our kids are not, they don't know how to navigate the world outside the communities. And I was like, we need to teach them how to code switch. So for me, the, the word code switching is, is big and had impacted me since growing up. So. I started vocalizing, hey, we need to do this, we need to do this. And I was like, listen, I grew up in Oakland. I'm in East Oakland. I got shot at the age of 15. I lost my dad at the age of 16. I'm undocumented. My story is rough, but you still got to elevate kids because they all come from the same background that I come from. So I was like, if we are not literally like meeting them at their level and elevate them, like we are doing a disservice to them. So we got to make sure we put in the hard work. And that's where the whole idea of like being an educator for me is not enough. I gotta be a community member, a parent. Sometimes I gotta be a cousin, an uncle, like anything. And I gotta be able to like navigate those spaces very like fluidly. That way the student can see that, oh, you really care. Because honestly, a lot of the students that we work with come with a lot of trauma. And in order to like serve and, and really like be committed to them, you gotta be able to put different hats in different shows and be able to articulate on the spot make something happen. I consider myself an artist as well. I do a lot of poetry, a lot of metaphors, so I always rely on storytelling. Storytelling, just my story, story of my parents, story of my family and community members, so I can help them elevate themselves. Uh, it starts with like me having a voice, right? Uh, I like to tell people, uh, I also have a podcast where I tell people, I was lost since I was 10, and I'm 31 now, and I found myself again, because I have a voice. I've been telling my story without any like red tapes. This is who I am, and this is what the world is expecting for me to say, but I'm not. I'm going to say what feels right with me, and the energy that I bring to you is going to open so many doors. Yeah, man. I mean, I love East Oakland. Uh, there's, there's beauty in the struggle. Uh, East Oakland is, is a place where myself, I, the way I navigate life growing up in East Oakland is like it's all survival mode. Most of our kids come from places where they just get to survive. Their parents are working 24-7. Um, there's little to no bandwidth to talk about emotions. Um, there's a lot of violence happening in East Oakland. Uh, so at a really young age, you start to navigate the world differently. And you start to like really pinpoint to like facial expressions, taking social cues, what's going to happen to me if I make this move. So kids come already with that like urgency to like what's happening. Super alert of their surroundings and what's happening around them. So... That's kind of like the environment of, of East Oakland. And growing up, I saw that as a super, there was a lot of tension. Like, oh, I, I cannot trust that person. So students already come with that. Like, I'm not going to trust you because my environment at home is like trust myself only. So when they come to school, it's like deconstructing that and saying, hey, I'm here for you. Especially me, like one of the things that I, that I say to kids is like, listen, I'm an educator, but I'm here for you. 
And it's, this is not like a vendetta of like, you know, I'm trying to correct the system. It's like, I'm here going to elevate you. I'm not going to fix you. I'm part of your journey. And those, those words just elevates the kid, knowing that they come from this like place in East Oakland that is survival mode. I feel like we try to sell kids on this, on this magical land. At the end of high school, you go to university and you eventually have a job and, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. And don't get me wrong, that, that works for some, right? But I'm, I'm a person who, who didn't work for. And the reason why I worked for it is because there were so many forces outside the school that were stopping me to, to continue to elevate. Like, people had asked me so many times, like, hey, you dropped out of high school three times. And I was like, yes, because I got shot. My dad passed away, and then I hit depression. And I was like, and the system wasn't ready to deal with that. They weren't ready to deal with me going through all those phases. So after high school, I was able to like balance out and like reach out for knowledge when I was ready, right? So what resonates with them is the story, the storytelling of a person who is not just a real model. It's like an HD real model. Like you can feel it and touch it and hear it. So yeah, just being super real and honest about who you are. The topic of like the kid comes from East Oakland is like kind of taboo or like the kid is, lives in a one bedroom apartment with like two other families and, and people name it, but they don't really like dive in and talk about it. Like, okay, how can we support the kid? What are we doing in the school to kind of like minimize the impact of the emotions that they're having at home? And how can we kind of curate that situation for them? Education, um, some of the skills that they're learning from us are the skills that they're going to drive with even if they're gonna finish high school they're just gonna have that knowledge with them we care about the whole child even about like outside the school gates their communities so what are we doing to make that happen i have students who i try to get them at a personal level like what's going on at home what's happening and they open up uh, and they go to the classes and there's this disconnect because the majority of the staff members who are teaching are white, right? So there's this disconnection. Now it puts me in a position where, one, I got to be the bridge. That bridge I talked to about nine years ago where I saw it, now I'm that bridge that I got to connect both of the students and the teacher and make them see and vice versa that we got to teach each other, right? Um, and, and one of the things that I see with the students is that they listen to my story, they connect, and they have have their trust and then they trust me to make a decision of like hey this person this teacher is really trying to teach you something so it's time to pay attention what what token of power they're going to drop on you so let's make that happen sometimes i feel like i'm too relatable to the kids to the point where the kid comes to me and says, like martinez did this happen this weekend and i was like i have a story for you about me for that right so he's like i'm a i have stories for kids that connect to me like at so many levels literally like 10 minutes ago, I was talking to the student in my office right now, and she was like, Ms. Martins, I listened to your podcast over the weekend about your story, and it connects with me, and it makes me feel like a better person now, and to me, that's a win. Like, I can walk out of this room and be like, I want, because that kid already shifted their mindset about where they're at and the privilege they have for themselves. So, yeah, having hard conversations at what matters to you. Like, you want to go to college? Cool, let's have that conversation. You don't? Okay, let's have that conversation in the classroom settings with all the teachers so they all understand where you're going and, and understand your trajectory, right? Uh, we're not trying to fixate what your mind is going to be four years from now. Um, we definitely want to curate where you're going and where you're at right now, but navigating the space that you're in right now matters to us a lot. And we're not here to fix you again. I'm here sure to be part of your journey, so you decide where you go. <laughs> There's so many layers, like... 
I myself, I was homeless for a while. Um, and when we talk about homelessness and how that's impacting Oakland, I feel like that issue's been going on for such a long time in Oakland. But it hasn't been addressed because sadly, it was a majority of people of color living in the city. Now all of a sudden, there's a different demographic happening in the city. Now it becomes an issue, right? And a lot of our kids have been living in those communities for a really long time. So to them, it's like a normal thing. But now we are addressing them. And some of the questions come up like during the, the podcast series where kids are like, I've been living in that block for such a long time. I see that homeless guy all the time. Like it's, it's not a problem, but now it's a problem. And I feel like those are the conversations that we are having. However, I'd rather talk to you because they connect with me. And me as a, as a person of color, I have, uh, I have the responsibility to push them to talk to the white person and really make that connection and argument of like, hey, let's sit down and talk. Because I understand, like I understand your struggle, but to really make a change and to elevate your thinking, it's not that you gotta talk to the white person, you just gotta articulate your thoughts and not be afraid to have that conversation with the person that in your eyes, you see them as the person coming in, right? So making sure that that tension is, is kind of out of the way and you really have that conversation happening. So I try to keep the hype up. I'm big on like energy and vibes and what you put out into the world is gonna come back to you. Uh, and they definitely feel that for me. Mr. Martinez coming around with a deep conversation about life, but I know it resonates with them. And I'm always happy to like integrate other people, be part of this conversation and engage them into like, hey, the kid is going through a difficult time. Say hello, reach out. This is what's happening to them. I did a home visit last Wednesday. I heard this. So transferring that information so the teacher and other staff know that they can tap into that. And just a, a simple like, hey, I hope you're doing well goes a long way when it comes to like behavior and academically because they are able to respond in a different way. If you are working in education and you are doing projects outside in educa outside education, like personal projects that can connect to like a the bigger community that you live in, like definitely bring those projects into into your repertoire of like tools working in education because that gives you more leverage on like what to do with students. I can give you an example. I have a podcast, it's called Noche Galactica, and I also have a magazine where I do project-based learning out in my community. I bring adults from the community to write about their stories and what does it mean to elevate people? What does it mean to create space to share your stories? I bring that in, I share with the students, so not only they see themselves and their stories they see the, the stories of their parents their family members on a magazine that is published out throughout Oakland and definitely like connecting those dots for them so they're able to like feel like they can make it happen for themselves too I feel like have lived through the like my story is, is, is like a powerful story and I tell students at the end of the day all I have is my name and my story like all these different pieces of like education and, and knowledge and degrees and bachelors you can flash around. That's good for certain people, but for me, my story, my name is what I have. And when I'm out in the grocery store with kids and they see me, Mr. Martinez is there, they behave a certain way. Like, oh, Mr. Martinez, we gotta meet his standard and like expectations. And I'm always like, yo, like I want you to be you and follow your path. Like if you wanna be a writer, Look at me, I'm super transparent on what I do. I do music, poetry, and I write, but that's who I am. And you gotta be like self-centered individual that's always preaching on what you do. Like honesty and being and like true to yourself is, is what you have. So always representing yourself that way. And again, that's where I tap into my metaphors, right? I was like, you know how when you are in a basketball game and you are the point guard, you are always in position to make the right move. That's where I need you to be with me in this conversation because we gotta connect. 
and we got to make sure we locked in and come up with a better approach. So storytelling metaphorically, like it connects with the kids because a lot of the times, and, and this kind of brings into the point, but a lot of the times I feel like a translator and not a translator from like English to Spanish or it's just a translator from like English to like Ebonics or like English to like what kids are speaking out in their, in their block, in their community. And I'm able to navigate those places because I'm able to code switch really well. And that's what kids are like learning from me as well. When there's no one code switching and kind of deciphering what the kid is saying. Because sometimes they're saying the same thing. You just got to sit down and really like understand that. So I have seen it when things get misunderstood and taken out of context and it becomes like a threat. It becomes like all these different pieces where I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's sit down and let me break this down for you. I literally pull up sticky notes and I start drawing timelines of what this means. So when you talk about tools, like that is one of my biggest tools. I draw for kids what they're saying and then break it down to adults who don't comprehend their language of like, this is what he meant. And I'm asking you to trust me because look, look at my story, man. And I'm sitting right in front of you, you know? So I was like, trust me, this is what they're saying. So what happens in schools where there's no code switch translator, students get, get like super stigmatized of like, oh, that's the bad kid. Or he's saying, you know, profanity to the teacher because X, Y, and Z. But if we like deconstruct that and really like go down to the weeds of, of things, it's, the student is just asking for help most of the time and, and wants to connect genuinely with you. I was ready to give up in location because, because of that, right? Like there was a lot of emphasis on academic growth and that's beautiful and perfect. And there's a lot of kids in the U.S. that are reading at a really low level. Like it's just acknowledge the fact that our education system is just pretty below average sometimes, right? But when it came down to talking about race and how we can curate the experience of the kids in our communities, it was, I called it, People were not doing the walking, walking the talk and talk. They love talking about how we want to change the world. They love about how they are doing things. But when it comes down to the actual work, it's super hard. And I'm talking about more than eight hours working as an educator. Sometimes you go to the weekend and you're still working. And a lot of people put boundaries on like, I want to change the world, but this is what this is my constraints, right? So. I was just done, especially because a lot of educators were not from the community and they didn't understand what it means to live in the community and serve the community. And then you see that that trauma just like happening over and over. And I just feel tired. I was, I feel like I was fighting this battle on my own. I, I'm, I'm tired of pimping my community. I'm tired of like selling hope. I'm not a hope dealer. I was like, I'm here to create change and let's have honest conversations of what, what it means to educate black and brown folks. Like, if you guys down to have that conversation without like minimizing what it means, let's just do it. And it's an ongoing conversation. Every, every move that we make is like, I'm always thinking in the back of my head, like Christian, what does this mean to elevate the kid in this moment now? Okay, and kind of just name it. I feel like coaching people who haven't talked to maybe families or students from like different socioeconomical backgrounds, race, like just coaching them and be like, hey, during the next conversation we're going to have, for example, during the next conversation we're going to have with a parent, I need you to hold this space. This is the space you're coming in to hold with. I'm holding this space for the student, making sure that we are super clear on like the roles that we plan in that meeting because you got to make the family and the students feel safe and know that we are in their team. Because to be honest, full transparency, like parenting in 2020 is really hard, especially with technology. 
Like, you don't know what your kids are watching. You don't know what they, they're talking to, who they're talking to. So when you are doing this, um, when you are working together for the better of the child, it's like having two parents, one at school and one like outside. So making the connection is there. It might sound cliche, but a lot of times people say, we really got to listen to the kids, what the kids want, right? You really need to listen to their stories uh, outside education, like their stories and how they are impacted. And it's on you as an educator or as a human being who's working just in the like, education system to like put the pieces together and kind of align things to, to help them in that journey. I think Oakland is a city where if you make it in Oakland, you can make it anywhere. Like the constant struggle, the constant uh, hope and like need to survive is like every day. You wake up and you smell it, you live it, and kids come from those places. A lot of the students come from those places. And when they resonate with like projects that they're working on in, in school around Oakland, it's, it gives them like a sense of, of, I'm proud of this project because it's my town. And um, throughout the years, Oakland is being represented as this like rebel city of like, you know, underdog, always making things happen in a certain way. And, and I feel like that's what kids kind of feel feel the image like that's what I am I'm, I'm town it's town business out here so making sure that happens yeah. student that talks about uh, the streets of Oakland um, he talks about like just how Oakland and, and this resonates with me because it's something I strongly believe in um, he named that living in, in Oakland living in the hood living in the ghetto gives you a certain advantage, advantage in life uh, because you are able to navigate uh, the life differently and see the world differently um, and that connects with me because when I was like 16, 17, I did a, a documentary on YouTube where I talk about that, like how living in the hood gives me a different advantage. Uh, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but you got to curate that and make it uh, best fit for any situation. And there was, you know, it helped me believe that kids are understanding the code switching piece, which is what I really want them to take from me. I feel like education is connected to you as a human being in general. Like, if you, if you are an educator, like if you're working in education, like you have to have a passion to create change at a bigger lens, at a bigger like, at a macro lens, like make this happen for everybody. Cause there's gonna be some hard conversations that you need to have with people. You're gonna feel uncomfortable because it's not always rainbows and, and light. There's some dark times and you gotta be able to perseverance and make things happen because you're here for the long run. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, thank you.